This is the Moving Idaho Forward podcast presented by Merchants Moving and Storage, an agent of Atlas Van Lines. I'm your host, Ben Ellsworth. Whether you're moving to Idaho, from Idaho, within Idaho, or anywhere in the country, Merchants Moving and Storage provides all of the services that you need to make your move as stress-free as possible. In today's episode, I talk with Tevia Holst. She's the founder of Coda Bookkeeping in Boise. She has extensive experience in business, bookkeeping, and customer service, and her company provides virtual bookkeeping services as well as financial analysis and recommendations that help businesses save money and plan for future success. Join us as we discuss the importance of relationships in business, entrepreneurship, delivering on the services your company provides, as well as having passion in what you do. Well, you're one of my favorites, and so I appreciate you joining me. I, again, I just appreciate you being willing to do the interview, kind of give a different perspective um, as to what's going on in the Treasure Valley and in Idaho. There's so much negativity in, you know, the news media and on social media, but when you really look at the facts, you know, when you look at the numbers, things are really good. So my company, Merchants Moving and Storage, we're actually up. We did more moves in April of 2020 than we did in April of 2019, right? That's fantastic. So uh, things are really good. The housing market is still strong. Like all these amazing things are happening. And so uh, it's just been a testament to me that it really boils down to perspective and your outlook. If, If you want to see the negativity and, and you want to find it, you will find it. If you want to find the positivity and the really good things that are going on, you'll find that as well. So we just want to be an influence for good in, in doing this podcast. So again, thanks for well, joining me. I'm happy to be a part of any positivity. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Tevia Holst is the owner of Coda Bookkeeping. How long have you been in business? Um, coming up on two years. Okay. And what, uh, what, what's your background and why did you get started as, a, as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so my background is in school. I was international business and finance. And um, honestly, just a whole lot of kind of lucky steps that led me to here. I mean, I started early on in college. I did an internship with the only um, private broker here in Idaho for international movements. Um, And so I worked, it's a customs broker. So I worked for a private customs broker And apparently I just didn't think I was busy enough. So um, doing full-time school and part-time internship. And then I just went and got a job in the evenings um, at first just serving tables. And it just led into the owner figured out that I could keep up with him. And um, he just started training me in the bookkeeping of the business. And that turned into growing into managing another location and managing the team and all the finances and then learning um, how to read the analytics of, you know, a small business and, you know, what to look for and all those things. And so, and then that led to, I did five years in corporate. And so that just really added to being able to read analytics, but also learning about important processes and customer service and, you know, making sure that you're delivering and that all just kind of bundled into the perfect package. And, I decided that I wanted to have a bigger effect on the community um, than being in corporate. I didn't, you know, feel like that 
was there personally. And so I decided to leave and start my own company. And I really focus on sitting where the small business owner needs a little bit of analytics and information about their business. So rather than us just delivering the information and saying, you know, here's your information, we'll talk to you next month. I communicate with them and answer questions and help them goal set and, and see where they are on those goals and, and then give, you know, some numbers that really help them make decisions. So that's been really popular and I'm just super thankful, but that all just kind of fell in place and, you know, worked yeah. out. So, yeah. Well, I remember when you and I got together last summer, um, and you had told me about how quickly you were just blowing up and it got to the point where you actually were not looking for new customers because you were so busy and, and bringing on new employees and things like that. So that's extremely yeah. exciting for me because something that you're good at and that you enjoy and you, you dove right into it and by being passionate about it, it just really had a major impact on the success that you were having. In the two years that you've been in operation, what's one thing that you wish you had known before you began your career? You know, um, I, I knew it. I wish I would have spent more time on it. And you hear this, but, you know, everybody jumps in and they've probably left an income or they need to replace something or, you know, or create new income. And so they just get going and they just try to make the money as fast as possible. And, and I was no different. And the one thing that I would say that's really important to focus on and to slow down and make sure you have in place is processes and systems. Because um, even myself, once I started to get so busy, you know, I, I kind of had been working on the processes, but at the same time, I had never ha owned the business myself. And so I didn't know what all of that needed to be. So I kind of had to learn as I went. And then as I was really busy, I also had to find the time to try and implement, you know, better processes and systems to help with scaling, you know, and support the size. So um, that's the number one thing is I would just say, do your homework, make sure that you have a good structure that you're not just going to be able to support, a, you know, a handful of clients or, you know, whatever your ability is, but um, that you can really, you know, have a plan and a structure in place to help with more size. Yeah, I really like that. And I had an interview recently with Jessica Cafferty, who's the founder of Route Networking Group. And she pointed out something that was really pretty profound to me. And it fits right along with what you're saying. She says, discipline over desperation. So mm -hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs, they get desperate. You know, it's like, oh, I yep. just totally jumped into the water and now I'm totally desperate to make an income. But people feel that energy when you're desperate and you're just trying to 100%. close a deal or whatever, right? But like what you're saying, when you have the processes and the structure in place, that allows you to be disciplined. When you're disciplined in that daily activity, the desperation goes away because you know, if I just stick to this every single day, the results are going to happen. And you're a total testament to that. You know, you guys just totally blew up in, in such a short period of time. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, well, and I would actually second that totally. And I, you notice it too, not just with entrepreneurs, but if people are looking for jobs, I myself have uh, dealt with in trying to hire, you know, having people come and just write this book about what desperation they are. And it's not that I don't have the empathy for that, but 
there's a line that you cross, you know, I don't know whether it's in professionalism or whatnot, but it just kind of turns the other person off. And in a way it, I don't know, it makes them seem less as a great candidate for whatever reason, that desperation kind of makes you nervous. I don't know. Or, you know, or if, if they did get another opportunity, maybe that's better pay or whatever, would they just hop really quickly because that's all they're concerned about or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So I totally believe that. And, and actually that's been a huge strategy of mine that I think has worked is it's very important to me to be genuine and to really mean what I'm talking about when I'm interacting with clients and, and care about delivering and, and actually make sure I do deliver. And so what part of that has been, I have been lucky to have growth, so I don't feel desperation. However, even if I didn't, I, I've seen others approach sales with a desperation that turns people off. And so my approach has been very the opposite that I'm here for you and we will help you and we will deliver, but you know, you have to be an active role in it and we're not going to chase you, you know? And, and I think that's been a really good um, partnership with the clients that they recognize we're a strong partner, but we're not going to tip, tip over that line to where we're like bothering people, you know? Sure. It's again, it's interesting how doing all of these interviews, a lot of the same topics keep coming up about being genuine, you know, genuinely caring about your customer, doing the right things for the right reasons. And again, going back to, you know, discipline over desperation, the, the desperation goes away when you are truly caring about your customers doing the right things for the right reasons and staying disciplined in that. And yeah. when you, when you continue to do that on a consistent basis, the results will literally work out for themselves. I've just found that people have a hard time letting go of that. They want to try to force things to happen. And the more you force things, the more you break things. And yeah. so, and relationships are one of those things, right? And one of the nice things that Jessica said that was pretty profound too, is that, even in dating, you know, nobody likes to be around somebody who's desperate when you're dating, right? So why would you be desperate in your business? It's the same energy. So yes, 100%. Yep, I totally uh, agree. Good. So what advice would you give somebody if you were consulting with somebody who was like, you know what, I'm thinking about starting my own bookkeeping business, or actually just going into any business for myself? What's some advice that you would want to give them before they pursued their career? Uh, I think two, it's twofold. One is one has to do with more of a business perspective and one is a personal perspective. Um, I guess starting on the business end is make sure that, you know, whatever it is you're doing, you need to be knowledgeable in because, you know, in this day and age, especially like our company is virtual. So, you know, people have a lot more choices when you can go to virtual. It doesn't have to be someone in your town you know, you can find someone nationwide, worldwide to do if it's a tech project, you know, whatever. Um, so as far as the business side, you have to be really good at what you do and you have to deliver and you cannot be, you know, half anything or just getting by because there is someone else that will do it better. So as far as that perspective, you have to be prepared. You need to have whatever, if you need certifications or you know what, whatever's required in your field to make sure that you are the expert, you know, because like I said, there are others that are and, and they'll go find them if you're not delivering. On the personal side, I think it's super important. It is hard to be an entrepreneur and anyone can do it, but it takes a lot of discipline. 
it takes a lot of drive and I am lucky I have an abundance of drive. So that's no problem. But for a lot of people, you know, you have to realize that it, it can't just be about the money or like what's an industry that has a good margin. It really has to be a passion project, you know, because even though if they have a plan like myself where I'm not always running it, you know, there's going to be a good period of time where you are running it because you're not big enough to hand it off, you know? And so it has to be something that you have the passion and the drive to push through the hard because there's going to be a lot of hard. And if it's not something that you love, it's, if it's not your super skill set, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to be successful when those times come, you know, and you have to put in all that extra time and you just want to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's ext extremely good advice. Uh, it's yeah. interesting how, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier on, like this is something that you're passionate about and you have uh, turned your passion into a successful business. Uh, you, you do hear some things uh, people will say, well, if I turn my passion into a business, then it would become work and I don't want to do it anymore. Right. And it's like, I can see that. But if you are truly focused on serving people with something that you're good at and that you enjoy, you know, mm -hmm. you really can be passionate about it and you really can turn it into a successful business, but it does require the discipline, the hard work, the, the focus, uh, you can't just be ready to throw your hands up and be like, uh, this is tough, right? That person said right. no, so I'm going to go back to work at Home Depot. So. Well, and that's the thing. I don't really agree with that perspective because think about it like this, okay? So you have a hobby and you want to protect that like hobby, the thing you love, okay? So you go for a much larger percentage of your life and you just do a job that is like whatever, you know, and you don't really care about or have a company that you don't really care about. You're just making money. And then you get to do your hobby a much smaller percentage and maybe that works for you. I see it very different. This is what I like. I mean, my real passion is um, helping entrepreneurs see positive change, right? And so we do that by helping them with the finances. And I do have a lot of fun getting in the books and doing the books, you know, I'm kind of a nerd like that. But you know, it really is more the interaction with the entrepreneur and helping them move the needle. And so for me, if I wasn't doing that as my job now in my company, I'd be kind of bummed that I only have this sliver of time to do it you know, and now taking my passion and making it the company, I, you know, we work a lot of our lives and now I get to do what I enjoy a lot of my life. So that makes a lot more sense to me than being worried about burning out on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. And, and I have the same perspective, whether you're in bookkeeping or selling moving services or phone services or, you know, technology, whatever the, the case is, the, the end result is you're serving people. And right. you've just chosen or chosen a specific context to be able to, to accomplish that end. And when you can stay focused on that end, that goal, like I'm here to serve, I'm here to uh, contribute positively to somebody's business or somebody's life, then, then the method that you choose to do that through doesn't really matter as long as you stay focused on that goal. So if you can be passionate about it, you're just going to be that much more successful at it, right? Right. Well, and that's the whole thing is, it is, it does come down to the service because, 
if we're not serving others in many aspects of our lives, you know, we don't feel fulfilled, but we're also the person receiving it. You know, if, if it doesn't have that genuine behind it that you're wanting to serve and, and really deliver, then they notice that. And, and there's that empty relationship that they might jump around to other relationships. Whereas if you're really fulfilling that, you make that loyalty and, people want to work with people they like, people they feel good about, you know, I mean, it's not always just about who's got the bottom dollar, you know, that I think those people learn over time that hopping around costs them more money than finding them a really good relationship that will go above and beyond with them. So in this day and age, when there are so many options, it's just incredibly important that we focus on the service and that we are giving good service. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the the Treasure Valley here in Idaho, it's kind of a different world, right? Uh, as big as Boise's become in the last few years, it's still a very small town and it's all about relationships. So with your philosophy on relationships, how has that improved or uh, impacted your success? Uh, I think it's been the biggest driver to success is because, so I've always been this person, even before the business, I have my entire working career been in customer service in one aspect or another. And so I am, I have a really high bar for what not only I would provide, but also what I expect and not, not unattainable, but if you're going to do your job, I feel like you should do it and, you know, do it well. And my husband and I, that's one thing we have in common is, you know, when we're out and in a service setting, you know, it's kind of like, we're big to give compliments if people are doing what they're supposed to be doing in a service setting. But it is very frustrating when people, you know, it's so easy to complete the task and, and they just choose not to, you know, and that affects your experience as a consumer, you know, and so it is important to keep that in mind, but all of that I bring into the company and that's definitely affected the service that I give and the business that I've gained because I do have that high bar. I've always had that and I hold myself to that and more. And so I think people really recognize that and the way that I, the bar I hold the team to and what our delivery is. And so I think that's really positively impacted, you know, our company and, and been great. So that, yeah. that matters a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. One of the things that I, I love most about you is uh, just being in the same room with you. Like you exude success, you exude leadership. It attracts people to you. They want to be around Tevia because, you know, she's going to help them feel and be successful. So in order for you to achieve that or, or to get to where you're at today, personally, like what are some of the best resources that have helped you along the way? You know, um, I would have to go way back and I, you know, I, I played collegiate soccer and I think I, I hate to go this route, but some of it is um, personality. Some of it's just innate, you know, because from a very early age, I was, you know, captain of the team and just kind of like leading the group and helping the team. And, you know, I was, you know, center mid, which would control the gameplay and give direction. And so it's just been something kind of a skill I've been honing 
for a very long time. But I will also say for those that maybe don't have that background or that personality, I think there are lots of different leaders and lots of different entrepreneurs and personalities and you don't have to be a specific kind to be successful. For instance, when I was in corporate, one of the best things I ever did, I love psychology, I love uh, thinking about how people interact and you know how we affect each other and then being adaptable to other personalities. And I really, I took an emotional intelligence course and that uh, corporate sent me to. And I really think if there's anything that could help anyone, my psychology minor I got in school was, I use that more every day than I do any other part of my education. And I think if people can do things like pay more attention to emotional intelligence, if they can take an emotional intelligence course online, virtually, whatever, just to be aware of others and adaptable to that, because too many people can't do that. They're not, they don't have the ability to be adaptable. Um, I think that's a big uh, help to do something like that. Yeah, I agree. And there's been a number of reports and articles that have come out in the uh, recent years that talk about how emotional intelligence is actually becoming more important than actual intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. Like your IQ is less important than your EQ. And so it's, it's, uh, I mean, cause ultimately when you look at it, business is about relationships. And if you struggle to build and maintain relationships, your business is going to struggle. If there were three people that you would say have been the most influential on you and your business success, who would those be? I would have to say probably, you know, some of the people that were involved in helping me gain the skill set that I have. And that would just have to be, you know, bosses that I've had or um, maybe even professors that have just helped um, nurture, you know, the skill set and uh, the direction that I ended up going in. And then on a personal side, you know, I would have to say, you know, my husband's been a huge influence because in order to have a successful business, but also have a successful personal life, which you can't really have one without the other, because if you start struggling in one area, it does affect the other. Um, so I would attribute a lot to him because he's been super supportive, but also when I've had long days, you know, and I need to just get things done, he'll pick up, you know, and that relieves stress for me, which allows me to be successful in the business, but probably different family influence as well of having drive. So not super specific, but you know, (laughs) groups of people that, you know, influence you. So yeah, exactly. It's hard to boil it down to just three people. Because there's so many, I mean, the, the old adage that it takes a, a village to raise a, a child, right? It, mm-hmm. it really does. And, and you got to throw in more than just parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles. It, it is teachers and professors and bosses and coworkers and all these other yeah. you know, authors, right? Podcasters. Absolutely. So, yes, right? absolutely. You, <laughs> yeah. Ben, you are on my Yay. <laughs> Going back, as you said, you can't really separate business from personal, right? Everything's intertwined. So, what are some things that you do on a daily or regular basis to take care of yourself personally? Um, so, as with every entrepreneur, we have our goals and our struggles. And actually, that's one that I set as a 2020 goal. Because there are other people out there that have done balance much better than me. 
<laughs> I, <laughs> I took off in the business and I, you know, I've really known my entire life that I should be an entrepreneur. I just had the bug and I, I knew that if I, um, took a gamble on myself that I could do it. And it just took all that time to really have the right, that perfect storm where I did it. And so the, the honest answer for anyone listening is in the first year and really into the you know year and a half, I didn't have good balance and I didn't, I still haven't gone back to like a regular workout regiment, which I hear is very important. And, you know, <laughs> and I just, I love doing the business. And so I have been bad about giving that too much time. And so over the last year, I have really worked to balance better of shutting it down because I work from home. So that makes it a lot harder to shut it down because it's so easy to just be like, well, I'm just going to jump on for a little bit longer, you know, but I needed to make sure that my home life was um, healthy. So in that aspect, I did have to implement where I do shut down at certain periods, you know, or certain days or times or whatever to give the personal time. But I'm still working on my 2020 goal was to give myself back personal time to get, you know, workout regimen. And it's May and I think I've worked out once. So <laughs> I, I am not perfect and I still have work to do on that. But I do think it's super important. And I do think that people need to put that in place and, and make sure that they're doing it. Yeah, I clearly yeah. don't have the answer to exactly what, what that looks like, but yeah. I'll work on it along with everyone else. Sure. Sure. And that's the thing, like that's, that's uh, part of it is just recognizing that you need it. Right. And, and that awareness creates the ability to implement actions uh, eventually. And, and that's one of the things that's been consistent in all of like these that. interviews. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody that I've talked to, exercise has been a big thing. You know, people have talked about uh, reading scripture or reading good books, educational self-development books, uh, meditation, prayer, journaling, like just different things like that. And it all really boils down to, and exercise fits into this, taking care of yourself because everything outside of us is a direct reflection of our internal world. And so if we're empty or dark inside, our world is gonna be empty and dark on the outside. So uh, I think that it, that uh, just you recognizing and setting goals and things like that is, is huge. And it's, it's very consistent with what everybody else has shared. Well, and I will say too, I did actually, I have it right here and I'll show it to you. I know it won't be on the podcast, but I loved the quote on this journal because it's so fitting to me. And it says, I was born to do this by Joan of Arc and that. I, I wanted to start business journaling. And so I, um, I picked this up and of course that screamed to me. So that's the one I picked, but there's different little, um, sayings on the pages that are women leaders like that. And every day I reflect on what is I, what I'm thankful for, and then picture moving forward because, um, I do think that stuff like that's important because I was getting to the point where I had so many balls in the air that I needed to be scheduling and planning really well. And so the daily journaling has helped me go, yes, I do have all this noise, but this is what I'm going to accomplish today. And if I focus on that and get it off the plate, then tomorrow I can pick up a few of those other pieces, work through it and eventually 
you know, you've got through most of it. So yeah, it's amazing what happens when you can write things down like that. It's like it takes it out of the ether and puts it into reality, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Even if it's just a, you know, a to do list or, or uh, gratitude. I just had an interview with a real estate agent yesterday. And that's one thing she's brand new to the real estate world. She's actually pretty fairly new to uh, the business market in Idaho in general. And she learned very early on that gratitude is extremely important, right? She writes down just three things that she's grateful for every single day. And it's had a tremendous impact on her level of success, even as a brand new real estate agent. So yeah. um, I agree 100%, you know, uh, the journaling, reflecting on what is right now, accepting what is currently happening, and then right. visualizing what you want to, to have happen as a result, right? So we're obviously in a very new business climate, right? As they, as they keep saying, the new normal. Yeah. Based on all the things that we've talked about and your experience within the Treasure Valley and, and the Boise market, what do you see happening over the next few years? Yeah, so a couple of things. I was just talking about this and, and I, I know there's a lot of hardship right now and I do not want to be insensitive to that because we're not at the end of that you know, myself, I'm kind of excited to see what's happening and what's going to come. And the reason I stay excited is because through hardship, people learn to adapt. We are very adaptable in our nature. And it is why America has been on the top as entrepreneurs. It's because we do have drive and push. And we, instead of coming to a hardship and, you know, maybe failing or falling, we pick ourselves up and, and go, let's go on. And how do we do it different? And I see a lot of that happening in a lot of my clients. You kind of mentioned it in the beginning, but um, I saw this as well, where I was worried for my clients. You know, I wasn't sure if I should be worried for my company. And in reality, I think we're very lucky that, um, I, you know, not to get into politics, but just in general, that our government stepped in and did give some assistance um, because I do think we would have seen a lot more failures without that, uh, no matter what your thoughts are about it or how it was handled or distributed or whatever, you know, it was there and it has helped many people. And um, so I think that's been great that we've had that opportunity. But I, I do think in the next year or so, we're going to see more failures um, of companies, be it local uh, or on a national level, because there's going to be some that we're able to hold through and they just won't be able to recover because especially in a lot of social settings where people are gathering, I don't think it's going to go back to normal right away. People either aren't going to feel comfortable or there's going to be like the rules like now where yes, a restaurant can be open, but they can't be to full capacity. And so there's no way for that restaurant to make up the same revenue that it had before. Well, if you're in the restaurant industry and you are constantly 45 days on your cash flow from close, you know, then that shrinks that number and puts you a lot closer to closing. And yeah. so I do think that we're going to see a lot more that held through and still aren't going to make it. I, that is sad. And, and I don't want to see that happen. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I also think that we're going to see a lot of adaptability and I think we're going to see people rise to the occasion and it's kind of going to push to force change because I think we were in this window where 
tech was really already calling for change. And a lot of businesses, you know, were still doing kind of the old guard, the old way. And through all of this, it kind of pushed for a lot of change to accept that tech that was already there and available. Like the way my company operates didn't change at all because we're completely online. We're completely virtual. Um, but a lot of people have had to adapt to that. And some aren't going to go back to the old way or only partially back, you know, and I know there's a lot of office settings where they could do their uh, work remotely and it just wasn't change they wanted to make. And so now they've been forced to, and it might start that conversation of change, which really changes the financial landscape of the company because it can change, you know, how much you're paying in rent or, you know, all these different aspects to think about. So I do think there's a lot of change coming. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, and, and I do think that there, it's not all bad. I think there is opportunity out there. Um, I was surprised to find, I thought we just were going to hunker down and help our clients as best as possible through this, however we needed to. And we'd be lucky if we didn't lose anyone. You know, I never thought we'd have growth. And because people are home, and they are actually focusing on maybe what they should have already been doing. We had growth. I mean, and I, that was not at all expected. So I think this has also taught us that to expect the unexpected, you know, because nobody could have guessed what was coming or how it was going to play out. So. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that answer. I agree with you hundred percent. I think that this is happening for us. You can look at everything across the board, politically, personally, financially, business-wise, everything, this is happening. This is a positive thing. And as, if we can change our perspective and say things like, well, what's the gift in this? You know, what can I find positive out of this? Well, it, it'll change our perspective and, and changing our perspective will change our, uh, our, the results that we get. As you had said, the, the government stepped in and then all these big corporations have stepped in and are, are pledging millions of dollars to help out. And I keep comparing it to the recession from 12 years ago that you never saw that. Everybody was like, oh, I got to take care of me and I got to take care of my investors. It's like, yeah. I don't care what happens to these people, right? And, and I know that there is still a lot of tragedy, you know, domestic violence is up, uh, suicides are up, all that stuff. And that's tragic. And again, that just really drives home the fact that we need to change our perspective and ask ourselves better questions and open our eyes and see that this is a positive change and it's going to be really good as long as we're willing to adapt. I know that the buzzword is pivot, shift, those types of words, but that's literally what we have to do. You know, if you want to go to a Darwinist uh, philosophy, he basically said that the species that survive are the ones that are able to adapt. This is an opportunity for us as a human species, as businesses, as governments to adapt. So as long as well, we can maintain that perspective, it'll help us. Well, and I think too, if you look at it from more of a social perspective um, and, and go top down, okay? So governments, big companies, whatever, have stepped in to create some assistance. It, it goes back to uh, kind of when people were paying for other people's coffee at a coffee shop. It's the same idea. Don't kind of let it stop with you. I mean, I really think that we were getting in this time with technology and everything where people were feeling very isolated and that was a huge negative for our culture 
And why not, why can't this be a time where we realize how much people are really hurting and we look outside of ourselves and we say, how can I affect others positively? And I got some help. So why wouldn't I say, well, how can I help someone else? And, and let's, you know, even though with the business change, we're going more on tech, right? We're getting more virtual and all these things. Uh, maybe we should take a look socially and say, let's take a step back from that and make sure that our neighbors are okay. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to be honest, you know, not to toot our, our own horn or anything, but as soon as the stay at home issues or stay at home orders were issued, my boss and our sales team, we decided, you know what, for the next few weeks, we're just going to reach out to people and find out how we can help. And we did that. And it wasn't about trying to sell moving services or storage services. It wasn't about selling anything. It was just about offering the help. But we ended up having so much more success. Like I said earlier, we actually were up in the number of moves that we did in March and April than we were a year ago. And so I think that, that there's a lot of value and a lot of wisdom in that. Like when you focus on serving and it's like, yes, I received help. So now how can I serve it? Uh, it really does, uh, change a lot and it, it can actually impact your bottom line in ways that you wouldn't expect. A hundred percent. Well, and you're, you're so perfect for that because you know, you're wonderful and just so willing to help anyone. And, and I appreciate that so much. I know you reached out to me to see how things were going and I thought it was wonderful to hear from you, but I, I know that that is definitely a thing. I mean, not only have I experienced it and you guys have, but I sat in on a realtor conference the other day, a virtual one, and it was interesting what the coach was saying because she said too many people, whether it's real estate or any position, uh, get in the mindset of, oh, I, I don't want to bother people. And especially right now, you know, a lot of people are being told, well, oh, don't bother them. And she said, that's the wrong mindset to have. She said, if you genuinely care about these people and you do want to help improve their life, she said, you, you don't have guilt about reaching out because you reach out and you say, how are you? Do you need anything? Can I pick up, you know, are you unable to go to the grocery store? Can I get something for you? Can I drop it off? Any little thing like that, you know, you, you don't do it with the mindset of what am I going to get out of it? But inevitably when you genuinely are out there doing things, it's a, it is a numbers game and there people are going to remember that. And it is going to kind of like a pay it forward, it'll come back around. And that's just how that works. And I think if we're all doing that, we're genuinely just saying, I do this with no expectation, and I'm just going to be the best human I can and affect others the best way I can, that inevitably, uh, people are going to want to do business with you the same way that I want to do business with people like you who are doing that, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. You know, we learned from physics in school that like attracts like mm -hmm. and that that happens uh, that occurs uh, personally as well that you know when i am living a certain way and projecting that out into the universe then i'm going to attract a lot of people who are similar and uh when we when we all kind of give into that like serving mentality and and really focus on serving and loving and giving and, and taking care of each other it's always going to come back around and sometimes it's hard you know it's easy to say uh, well, that's a very religious teaching and I'm anti-religion or whatever, but it's like, that's a universal principle. It works. And, yeah. and when you, when you really try it out, it will definitely impact your bottom line eventually. So. And I think it's human nature you don't even have to, you know, make it religious. It's just, it's human nature. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
Final question for you, Tevya. Uh, where can our listeners connect with you? We have the website, codabookkeeping.com, and then we are all over social. We've got uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, all at codabookkeeping, and uh, we're there. We post regular content, and we're happy to help in any way that we can, even if somebody just has you know, a question that they need help with, and, and we're happy to help. Great. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. As I said earlier, you're one of my favorites. I really appreciate the insight and the, the value that you bring to all of your customers, to all of the networking groups that we've been affiliated with, and just you know, for being here and being willing to provide value to all of our listeners. Well, and I appreciate you and taking the time. You're always giving and, and I just hope to help it come back tenfold for you. So. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So give your family my love and uh, let me know if you need anything, okay? Okay, you as well. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Debbie. Appreciate you. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on Moving Idaho Forward. If you would like to connect with Tevia Holst and her team, go to www.codabookkeeping.com. You can also connect with Tevia on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Please join us next time as we continue discussing all these amazing things happening in business, real estate, banking, commercial development, and technology within Idaho. This is the Moving Idaho Forward podcast brought to you by Merchants Moving and Storage.